Hi everyone, my name is Irvin. I'm John. And I'm Kyle. And this is The Theology Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our series of talking about the royal priesthood. And the figure that we're looking at this week is King David, who was a surprising figure as far as priesthood because he's actually a king. He's not even a priest. And so we've talked about different aspects of that. But I want to look specifically at Psalm 132, which is a song, Psalm of Ascents going up into Jerusalem. And it reflects the story of 2 Samuel chapter 6 when David carries the ark into Jerusalem, where he's dancing before the ark and he's offering sacrifices and doing all these things that a priest does. And so the first part of that psalm kind of reflects David's heart where he wants to prepare a resting place for God's presence, for his ark amongst the people in Jerusalem. But Starting in verse 8, I'd like to read the rest of the psalm and for us to think about what that means for us and for priesthood. And here's what Psalm 132, verses 8 and following say, Rise up, O Lord, and go to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness, and let your faithful shout for joy. For your servant David's sake, do not turn away the face of your anointed one. The Lord swore to David a sure oath from which he will not turn back. One of the sons of your body I will set on your throne. If your sons keep my covenant and my decrees that I shall teach them, their sons also forevermore shall sit on your throne. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his habitation. This is my resting place forever. Here I will reside for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless its provisions. I will satisfy its poor with bread. Its priests I will clothe with salvation, and its faithful will shout for joy. There I will cause a horn to sprout up for David. I have prepared a lamp for my anointed one. His enemies I will clothe with disgrace, but on him his crown will gleam. So what do you guys think? There's a lot of priestly language in this passage and also a lot of anointing, a lot of talking about the promise that God makes to David that there will always be one of his descendants on the throne of Israel. What do you make of all this and how does this fit in with what we understand for priesthood today? Well, what stands out to me first is we often talk about priesthood as we are the people who make things happen, who make God's space available to humans. And it seems the emphasis in this psalm is more that God is the one taking the initiative to clothe his priests with righteousness, with salvation, who gives them reason to shout for joy. And priesthood is almost just a response to the brilliance, the glory, and the goodness of God. So it's it's almost like the responsibility of bringing God to earth and creating his dwelling place among mankind. God's already at work in that. And if we are his priests, then we are simply to be witnesses invited to the celebration when God does come to earth. Yeah, that's a really good observation. And I love how this psalm portrays that because it's kind of like a call and response where the people say, God, come to your resting place. Rise up, O Lord, and go to your resting place with your ark. Go to Jerusalem. Be in the midst of your people. And God says, yeah, okay, I'm going to do that. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to anoint them. I'm going to offer them um, bread. I'm going to give them what they what they need. Uh, I'm going to bless them and sanctify them and I'm clothe them with these things. And I'm going to make sure that there's a horn for anointing the king. Mm, Yeah. And I find that the image here is one of abundant provision. You know how Yahweh says that he will abundantly bless Zion with provisions and will satisfy her poor with bread. I think that's exactly what 
happened during the time that David brought the ark into Jerusalem. And that makes you think, wasn't David the one who provided the bread? But here, David is saying that, no, 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 Yahweh is the one who provided the bread through me. So John, that just sits really nicely with what you mentioned about how the priests are not the ones who are making things happen. Neither is the king, but it is God who is making things happen through them. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest part of what I gained from that story in 2 Samuel chapter 6 is David's looking around. He says, God's spirit needs to work. God's spirit needs to be here with all the people. And it's supposed to be working through the priesthood, but it doesn't because the priests are not open to receiving God and his spirit. They haven't received the proper anointing and they can't serve the people in this way. And so he says, well, I'm the king, but I'm going to do that. I'm going to receive God's spirit so that I can bless the people and and let be a conduit for God's spirit in his presence amongst yeah. his people. And, and even as he puts on the linen ephod, it's not David who's putting the ephod on himself, but it is Yahweh who is doing it yeah. to him. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I got approves of that behavior compared to like King Saul back in 1 Samuel where it's he's doing the same kind of sacrifices, but God doesn't approve of that. So it's Yahweh who's clothing David with salvation in verse 16 and not with, in verse 18, shame, which is exactly what his wife yeah. felt about him. Oh. That's right. You're shaming yourself. You are clothing yourself with shame, but no, Yahweh is clothing him with rescue, with salvation, and uh, with all this abundant provision. Kyle, you were mentioning on Sunday also how when the daughter of Saul calls out David, that's not what a king does. Your position is too high and lofty to demean yourself with this priestly behavior, right? That, that, that's for those people to do. And it just strikes me more that to be a royal priesthood is not to say, oh, therefore I have more status, therefore I am absolved of the lower duties and I just do the so-called the higher, loftier things. Yeah, and that kind of brings us to like, okay, thinking about modern day, how we view the modern priesthood of, you know, of the church, because we believe everybody functions in this role. But at the same time, how do we view the priesthood? Do we view it as something less than, like David's wife did in that story? Or is it something of great responsibility that God does through us and something that allows us to serve other people? So for myself, I think uh, it kind of like resonates with me quite a bit. Uh, I came into ministry nearly about a year ago now. And when I was making that decision to come in, uh, I had a lot of friends who said, wow, are you crazy? Why, why are you making such a decision? Many people saw it as a big step down. And so I had people who would say, are you very sure of this? You know, you're leaving behind a good job, a comfortable job that, you know, you're, you're doing all right in. And um yeah, why, why are you doing this? You know, you, you got to think twice about it. Yeah. It made me wonder quite a bit about how people saw full-time staff, full-time church workers. How do people view people who take on such vocations? Yeah, for me, when I was about to come into ministry, I came out of JC and in many ways, I felt set to go in a, in a comfortable track in life. And when I expressed this idea like, hey, you know, I want to spend my life in full-time ministry, the comment was quite similar. Like, hey, but then aren't you putting all that to waste? Your your A-level cert, you could get into like any job you want. And is this not... A waste. Yeah, a waste. Yeah. And in some ways, I feel like it's, it's a tale of two kings. It's a tale of the earthly-minded king and what he views his status and position as. And the kingdom of God and the king that comes from that kingdom. And that's kind of a foreshadowing of Jesus. And so in a lot of ways, when we see David abdicating his responsibility as a king and it do, doing something that seems unseemly, he's lowering himself, he sees it as a great honor because he's seeing through the lens of Yahweh. 
He sees what God sees and he has a heart that follows after God. And so he doesn't care about the prestige or the posture or the position that he has in society. He sees serving God is the most important thing. And I think we see a lot of that in Jesus as well. The way that Jesus steps out of his position and he puts on a robe of human flesh and comes and dwells and serves amongst these people. Why? Why would you do that? Why would you step out of your place in heaven ruling and having everything that you need and you go and you submit yourself to this? And I think that's kind of the mindset uh, we as Christian, all Christians should have that. It's not just about vocational ministry, like we're, you guys are talking about with full-time ministers or missionaries, but we all should look through that lens. And I think it kind of betrays our view, our worldview, when we ask those types of questions or when people are saying, I'm thinking about doing this in ministry. And we say, oh, why would you waste your life like that? So as we go forth, it is our prayer that we follow the King, that we look at the example of King David and then eventually King Jesus and see where we need to recognize that, oh, this isn't something to hold on to, this status or position, but it's more following after the heart of God and putting on a robe, the ephod of priesthood or the baptismal robes and following after King Jesus. That's all we have for this week on the Theology Podcast. We're taking a break next week and we'll see you the following week. See you then.